Graham, I, I, uh, I've got some things to share with you today. Okay, I'm excited. I'm, I'm feeling a lot of shame. Uh, shame for myself and shame for the both of us. Okay. Uh, which one do you want me to start with? For yourself. Okay. Graham, I'm, I'm normally very anti-pre-order. I don't like pre-ordering. I think it's leads to a lot of problems in the industry, but okay. today I pre-ordered a game and I don't know how to feel about it. Animal Crossing? No, no, no. Uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Oh, okay. I pre-ordered it on Amazon, which I've never done before. So Nice. But I wanted to get a physical copy and just like this is probably the best way to do it. So I, I'm, I'm kind of trying to convince myself that it's okay because I've played the game before and I know it's good. You kind of so, know what you're getting into. Yeah, it's not like I am, uh, you know, pre-ordering something that is not finished or like they're over-promising on or anything like that. So yeah, I think that's okay. But I felt a little dirty when I was hitting that buy now button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I could see that because, uh, you know, it's you're kind of putting your trust in the developers. Yeah. Which, and you mean, know, that's not necessarily... Yeah, it's a hit or miss, right? It for sure. And there, I think there's are good times to do and bad times. And so for me, like I don't generally pre-order a game unless um, reviews have come out before. So like for Spider-Man or for Mass Effect Andromeda, like I knew I saw the reviews came out. I'm like, right, I'm gonna get this game. So I pre-order to get like the theme or whatever, or to pre-download. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would do it, like the day before. And I think that's okay because after that point, you know, your reviews are out you can make a more informed decision, I think. Um, but it's like, yeah. Anyways, that's that's why I was ashamed of myself briefly. Okay, and then what's the shame to both of us? Uh, Graham, I was re-listening to our Mass Effect 2 episode. Okay. We don't mention Grunt once in the entire episode. Really? Really. We never mention his name. Oh, Unless I missed it at some point, because I was, I was kind of listening at work, but I don't remember ever hearing the word grunt come up. <laughs> that was... I'm, I'm remembering back to his character. He was pretty good, too. He's a good guy. I like grunt. Yeah. He shines more in the third game, I'd argue, than the second, but... Yeah, because he's got a leadership role in the third one? Uh, he's kind of more like comic relief. Like, he gets drunk at the Citadel. Or is that in the Citadel DLC? I think that's the Citadel DLC. Yeah. Yeah. But... Either way. Yeah. So, shame on us. <laughs> lots of lots of very good things in that game. Absolutely. So. Great episode of the podcast, if you have not listened to it. Yeah. So. The first one so good that we did it three times. <laughs> All right. Cue the uh, theme song. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Velvet Room Review. I'm Matthew. And I'm Graham. And uh, this is an episode that's about a game, but I feel like we're going to be talking about many different games. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a bit of a springboard. Yeah, for sure. Um, So when we were planning out, like at the start of the year, like what kind of games we wanted to review, we wanted to do something a little different, and we decided to review a mobile game. Uh, which is something we haven't done before. Um, I don't know, Graham, do you play a lot of mobile games or... Not, not... generally. Yeah, okay. That's like, um, there's been kind of like phases of the mobile games. Um, like, every once in a while I get into one and I get really deep into it. Okay. And then for like a couple of days and then I stop because otherwise it's going to consume my entire life. <laughs> okay. Um, and then like... Like the mobile market's been around for a while, so like yeah, back in like Fruit Ninja days, um yeah, I play all those like almost flash games that came yeah. out on mobile. Yeah, yeah. How about you? Um, I play Pokemon Go. Uh, my wife and I play. We played forever. It's always it's been on my phone since it came out. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's probably the extent of my like mobile gaming like. There may be a couple of games that I'll play like Solitaire or last last summer I got into a game 
Uh, I got really into a game called Balls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like a brick breaker game where you have to, where like the this the the bricks will have a number of like times you have to hit the brick, and you have to launch the balls to mm-hmm. break the bricks. Okay. Uh, yeah. Twenty forty eight. You know. I um, that title. Yeah. It's it was great because I, would, <laughs> I, I me and my friend at at camp were playing and I'm like, oh hey, how how many uh. What's your high score in balls? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that was fun. But, I mean, generally, other than Pokemon Go, I don't really play a lot. To be honest, like, I don't find the medium very conducive to gaming. Um, which is interesting because it is such a big market for game companies. Um, I would say it's how m- most people play games. Yeah. Um, even those that would not consider themselves a game player, if you... Yeah. No, a lot of traditional, like, game styles don't work well on mobile. Like, anything that requires a joystick, um, or two joysticks, or, um, like, a a lot of traditional style games don't tend to work too well on there, although there has been, like, some success, I think, of... There's like the new Call of Duty mobile and yeah, um, but like the games that tend to succeed are ones where you're tapping and dragging and um, doing more like tactile feedback uh, kind of stuff like um, you know your Candy Crush and your Clash Royale that kind of game. Yeah, and and like um, I think the the medium works best for me with games that are very simple right like mm-hmm. not too much to them i i try and get into some games um and eventually you just get overwhelmed like i played a lot of like simpsons tapped out a couple years ago but then okay. it just kind of gets like beyond what you can reasonably manage yeah you or, reach like, a point in the curve kind of yeah and you just have to drop out um or you get you get like two months behind and all the updates and stuff like that and it's just too much to get back into or I play like I, I played like um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, mm-hmm. which I really liked, um, but it was just there's just so much. Uh, there's like so much content or so many little things or like um, you know you've got gems or coins or whatever. There's like or gate keys. There's just there's a lot of like little things. I yeah. find that kind of overwhelm me a little bit. And it's just like for me, this experience would be better on a console or on a PC, whereas like something like Pokemon Go is is like a perfect balance, right? It's just, hey, there's a Pokemon, catch it. Yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, and I like that. Uh, it, it's more of a passive game, really. Um, I play it as we're, or we play it as we're going for walks or if we're at a new location, we're like, oh, let's see if there's a Pokestop here mm-hmm. or a gym. Um, it's something that my wife and I could do together. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. None of these, none of these games are the games we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, no, but ahead. this is this is kind of like the, the general discussion. Yeah. So, it is it is interesting how a lot of games, yeah, like they are very passive for mobile. Um, I didn't even really think about that too much, but like I always thought about oh, it's like short play sessions. It's not necessarily. I'd say about the short play sessions, but you don't necessarily have to put like, you're not playing beat saber. You're not um, like doing stuff in Assassin's Creed Odyssey where you have to manage a whole bunch of stuff. It's right. Um, like sometimes games have like an autoplay feature. Right. Even so. And I, I would assume like the game we're going to talk about has this kind of feature where it's like you're building something come back in two hours or like you'll hit a point where you can't play anymore. Right. Yeah. And the only way to play further is to spend money or, or wait and come back. And obviously they want you to continue to come back or get fed up and spend money. Right. Yeah. Whereas like a game on a console is you just play generally, generally speaking, hopefully. Um, and, uh, I think it's really interesting because, um, and we'll get into this discussion maybe a little later, but just like the mobile market, I would assume, I could be wrong, but if your game's not free, nobody plays it. 
generally speaking yeah like right and i think that's so interesting in contrast to like a console market where there are some a few free-to-play games some very popular um mm-hmm. but mostly obviously you're there's all one price for a video game generally speaking um and like i think the lines get a little blurred when you're paying you know sixty dollars and then um there's time savers or microtransactions in your game compared to the mobile market where you pay nothing and then there's time savers so yeah and i, I think i think most people would say well it's okay that they that mobile games do that because they are free right and that's how they make their money um so do you do you ever spend money on mobile games Graham? um typically no mm-hmm. um I could probably count the number of times on one hand. I'm trying I'm trying to think of any like that I can remember. I might have spent a little bit of money in Fire Emblem Heroes once. Um I've bought some like paid apps, paid games before on iOS. Um not too many in app purchases. I bought one recently in a game that we Oh, I I've been playing recently, but um <laughs> okay. Uh aside from that, no, not really. Okay. Yeah. Should we Sorry, oh, you sorry. go. Yeah, I was just going to say for me myself, I think I probably spent $100 in Pokémon Go. Okay. And like probably in the first uh, first 2 years, I haven't really spent money on it. Um but I don't feel like like to be like, oh, I want to support them. Like I played this yeah, game for like hundreds yeah. of hours. I want to, you know, give them fifteen bucks right now or whatever. Exactly. And I think, you know, I got like my bag upgrades or got some incubators and like cool. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, could, it allows me to play the game further. Man, and I, I could use to... some bag upgrades <laughs> so badly. Uh, but then I think to like times where I've spent micro microtransactions on like a game like uh, Overwatch or Mass Effect Andromeda. And like you spend seven bucks mm-hmm. on a loot box, and I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I spend seven fifty on this dumb crate? And I and I, even though I want to support the game too, it's just like I think for some reason there's a thing in my brain that's like, well that was silly, hmm. for one and not the other. But uh... yeah, yeah, it, it it is kind of interesting that that feeling of oh I want to support the developers in this. Um, like, I really, like, I appreciate what you've been doing, and this is my way of kind of giving back, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, and I think there is that kind of goodwill feeling with a free game. Especially when, like, Pokemon Go, where there's no ads at all. Yeah, it really never asks you for stuff. No, it, it I think it's very, it's pretty consumer-friendly, in, in my opinion. Um... Oh, I was playing a game, a really cool game. It's like a, it's like twenty four, it's it's twenty forty eight, but like, um, threes. Uh, no, I I have played threes. It's called <laughs> twenty forty eight balls. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and it's instead of squares, it's 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 balls that you drop into four eight or whatever, and they match up and they and they kind of absorb each other and then. As you get higher numbers, you go further along, whatever. But like every six or seven shots, it loads an ad. Oh and my like, goodness! It's like a thirty-second ad, and you can't back out or whatever. And after like ten minutes of playing, I said, "I'm done." Yeah. You know, like it, it. There's a point to which it gets a little ridiculous. Um. And I, I would say, like at most, you should only be seeing an ad every. What I think ten minutes of gameplay, depending on the type of game or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, like uh, banner ads and pop-up ads and video yeah. ads. Yeah, absolutely. Or um, like at a game, if you're playing like solitaire, right? I play solitaire. It's like after you do a match, an ad comes up. Ah, just hit the X. You know, it's not like wait thirty seconds to play more. So I don't know, but. Uh, there's um. There's actually, uh, this reminds me, there's a great GDC game developers conference talk 
about uh, a couple developers that decided to um did, what did i tell you about this i think i've seen this before the slot machine one maybe not okay they decided to um make as many slot machine apps as they could okay and flooded the market with them and um made passive income based on the ads okay and it was this fascinating talk about like what slot machines performed the best and their kind of journey like it was it's almost like a rock star um story hmm. it's uh it's quite good um should watch it but um gosh what were we talking about uh income for free mobile games <laughs> yeah Okay, should we get into the the game that we we're supposed to be yeah, talking about? Yeah, now let, that let's we're do 15 that. Minutes in? Yeah. Hopefully they've read the title by now and just have not turned off the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh so this week we or this week we are reviewing uh, a game called Elder Scroll Blades. Yes. Um which is not fully released yet. It's in beta, but it's open beta so anybody can play. Uh and it launched free to play. Uh, I think end of March last year. I was checking the Wikipedia earlier. Okay. So it's been almost a year now. Um, Graham, what did you think of the Elder Scrolls Blades? I I thought it was fairly mediocre. Okay. Um, like, there's definitely good things about it. Um, like the graphics and the it's got a very Elder Scrolls feel to it. Mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty impressive with the the art and the sound effects especially. Um, but I felt that it didn't translate very well into a mobile, um, into mobile. And also it is extremely, um, it was rather annoying to deal with in terms of its monetization. Uh, it felt, it okay. felt to me stale like um it could have done well maybe a few years ago in the mobile market but having played other mobile games that have come out since it felt uh, it felt rather rather stale okay how how did you find um i don't know that i had any issues with its monetization um i never felt the need ever to like I never, not that I felt the need. I never felt like I needed to pay for anything. Um, like I always had, I don't really ever use the gems for anything really. Like I've always felt like I had enough. Um, I was pretty engaged for the first like five hours or so. Um, but then like you kind of hit this point where like, okay, the story is nothing. Um, and the gameplay is just the same. And. Mm-hmm. I guess I have to make my town a little bit better, but I don't really have the resources to do it unless I play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm not really willing to sink in. It, I, it's not something you could sit and play for an hour, right? I, it's like something I could sit and play, like maybe two dungeons, do some upgrades, and like I'll come back and play this later. Um, and because because of its format it's like a hack and slash i guess you might say it's like you it's, um go ahead if, have did you ever play uh infinity blade no okay do you have is it do you play on an iphone or an android android oh, okay that so infinity blade was a um a game by epic that came out in the early days of the like ipod and iphone ipod touch and iphone mm-hmm. that was the first game on ios that ran on the Epic Engine, like the Unreal Engine. Okay. It ran on Unreal Engine 3. And um, it had actually somewhat similar gameplay. Um, instead of tapping and holding, though, you swipe the screen to do your attacks. Right. But it had a similar combo system of, like, if you alternate swipes, um, you deal a higher combo, and it has different weapon types, um, and you're it's a little bit more linear in that you're traveling down kind of like a couple predetermined paths in fighting enemies, but it has, um, a bit of a similar feel actually. Okay. I think, I think a swiping mo- method of attack would have been better than the tap and hold. Mm-hmm. 
and um and more shield play as well um like so so you tap and hold to swing your axe or weapon or whatever but you can you can tap right and left side to do like combos mm-hmm. you'll tap one then tap the other but there are some enemies that like you need to wait to attack so when they're close enough so like you and you just tap and hold and then you wait for them to jump so there's not a lot of like skill there you just wait for them right and then there's a button to bring up your shield and you can kind of like stagger enemies if you do that um mm-hmm. but i think like if they had done more like your left thumb moves your shield or whatever and your right st- your right thumb moves the sword that kind of would have been a bit more intuitive yeah but um it yeah, um, interesting. it felt like they were trying to translate the console experience to the mobile about as directly as they could um because you have like designated buttons for your different abilities and you move around with either a tap or if you're in landscape mode you do with a like a twin joystick style mm-hmm. um and in a style that's been popular in mobile for years really yeah um and then yeah like the tap and hold um and then there's some things that you can interact with the environment on with by tapping right mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if it's because like like did you know anything about the game before playing it no okay see it's funny when i downloaded it i downloaded it at like christmas time and i was like oh i think i remember hearing about this at e3 i think this is like a like a card game oh okay <laughs> i thought it was a card game i'm like oh this isn't a card game at all this is like an actual game game and i was pretty impressed like oh this like this feels like a pretty solid experience like there's 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 combat and there's like dialogue trees and there's like voiceover and uh things like that it just over time it's just like well there's not much here yeah really keep me here and it's interesting i had like the thought of like i i think though like this would probably be good on or like could be a, a better experience on vr and lo and behold reading the wikipedia they are they're, they had announced that they were developing it for VR as well. Okay, um, that makes sense. Um, I mean, that was... Oh, I have to look up the footnote on that. Because I feel like that would be a, 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 um, a medium that would make sense given the, the style of the game, the point-and-click nature for walking or opening uh, items. Yeah, it actually... Like thinking about it now, I feel like it would do well as it would feel good as a VR game. Because because I can't play like I can't play Skyrim VR because you need to move, um, like with the, with the controller or whatever. Like like you're physically moving. Like I can't do that unless I walk in place. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if the, like if and the VR for this game like if they would do like a point and tri- teleport type thing which I can do much better. But the combat as well makes more sense because in combat, you're only ever fighting one enemy at one time. They kind of like, you kind of like zoom in on them and then you attack and then the next enemy comes up and then you do that. Yeah. Whereas like, I feel like with Skyrim, it would be very disorienting to be attacked from behind yeah. or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Or there's like a dragon in the sky or whatnot. So um, they're also releasing the game for the Nintendo Switch. I don't know if you knew that. Huh. Okay. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, like performance-wise, like, it makes sense. Yeah. Did your phone Did your phone run this game well? Yeah. Okay. I had I had pretty consistent frame rate issues. Okay. Like probably. I do once, have a more modern. I have a fairly modern phone. I mean, I I don't know how modern my phone is, except that I got it in December. Okay. But maybe it's oh. just not a powerful phone. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, I, I would have frame rate issues in dungeons now and then. Nothing too terrible. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 it's interesting that they're bringing it to Switch. So I'm not sure how that's going to... I could see that, on, like, honestly, I could see that working fairly well for the gameplay style. Mm-hmm. Um because there are like dedicated buttons for your different skills i could see them mapping that to your different yeah 
like buttons on the controller, like the triggers or something. Yep. I'm not sure how the tap and hold would do with with that. I still feel like the tap and hold is just really awkward, um, like a really awkward attack thing because yeah. you're timing it not on the press but on the release. Yes. Which is, like, it's just something that's never been very natural in video games. Like, I can only, like, I remember even uh, Outer Wilds, your jumping is you press and hold and then release. And it feels kind of weird. Yeah. And, um, yeah. uh, It's it's a strange kind of compromise. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I could see it. I could see it doing all right on Switch because it is like from the porting process, however, however, whatever engine they did it in. But um, like, I could see it doing all right because Switch does have a bit of a free-to-play market. So yeah, yeah. Like um, another mobile game that I that I play that I really like, um, Arena of Valor. Uh, it's like a I don't know if you've heard of it. It's basically like League of Legends. Okay. Um, yeah, like the team was like, "Hey, League of Legends, can you? We'll make your game on mobile." And League League was like, "No," and so they made their own, and it's like massively successful. Okay. Um, so it, I, I started playing on my phone, and then realized, "Hey, it's on the Switch. Awesome!" Uh, and like you said, they just re, they remap the buttons or whatever. Mm-hmm. The only negative for me was that like you can't. Uh, it's not um, the save data doesn't transfer. Ah. So, like, the characters you have on your phone don't go to your Switch. I'm like, well, I'm not going to play on the Switch then. Well, that's too bad. But, um, yeah. Um, it's neat that they are at least putting it on a console. I'm wondering if they'll bring it to others as well. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, um... it's a game. Like, it's it, it's like, <laughs> like it's not... It's weird because, like, I wouldn't almost... Cl- call it a mobile game if it weren't on a phone you know that's I mean? it yeah no i agree with that because it's <coughs> yeah it um it feels kind of weird like it's got it, it honestly feels to me like they were developed like like they were developing a game and then realized that it had to because it was mobile it had to have gating and micro microtransactions and cosmetics and a second currency um and they kind of just had to add that to the existing game Mm. um because like you it feels like they had this like world they've got the town and they've got all these different like individual characters and they're trying to do a story but but then as soon as you step into the town there's a pop-up like every single Every single time you boot up the game for the first time, um, you you get past the loading screen, you go into the main menu, you like pick up your free item of the day, which is usually a, a handful of resources, and then you go into town and there's a pop-up for a thing that you can buy with their virtual currency or with real money. Mm-hmm. And that immediately turned me off of the game. Mm. Um, because it's like, this is... This is um what it's a monetization scheme of a game instead of a game with a monetization scheme is the way that i feel about a lot of those kinds of situations right where oh. where it um the game is to make you spend money right and that I, that rubs me the wrong way contrast that with like assassin's creed odyssey which has tons of monetization, but it's all buried. It's it's buried in this in like another menu, right? It's like you don't. I don't think they ever even mention it, except maybe the Helix credits. Yeah, at the like, very beginning. It's. I think there's like bits and pieces here and there, but like, honestly, until I started looking it up toward the end of the game, yeah, it's it's um. It's fairly unobtrusive. Mm-hmm. I know that there were some complaints around its launch about them advertising the XP booster. Um, I mean, and, I really wanted to buy it. <laughs> yeah, like, 
which is weird for me. Like I know that you and I had very weirdly different experiences with XP. Um, yeah, it, um, there was that controversy at the start of it, but, um, yeah, it feels a little, it feels a little different when it's not the main focus of the game or it, it doesn't feel like the main focus of the game. Yeah, I think the controversy was more like they labeled it like a time saver. And like, I think when people see that, they think, okay, so you're just making the game longer or you're artificially like upping or lowering the XP to sell this, right? Yes. Rather than like crafting an experience that has good pacing. Um, And I understand that. Uh, certainly, right? I understand that for sure. I think it makes sense a little bit in like maybe like a multiplayer aspect. Um, in a single player, I can see why people did not like it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah, because we kind of tried to get through the game quickly and it did, like for you especially, it felt like there was a, a bit of a wall there. Yeah, like at the midway point, I was like, okay, or like early on, even it was like, okay, I'm I'm constantly being out leveled by the story missions, and I just want to play the story. Like, so should I do this? I asked my buddy, like, should I do this? Is it gonna will it help me? And he said, well, to be honest, I didn't really feel the need for it, and so I opted not to. Also, I didn't want to spend thirteen dollars. It's thirteen dollars. Well, or maybe it's seven fifty. It's one of those two. But um, the the nice thing is, it was like you could buy like XP gold. And resource boosts as well, I think, all in one little package or something like that. Okay. But, I mean, I I don't mind, depending on, like, we're talking about implementation. Like, I don't mind necessarily microtransactions if I feel like, oh, it's a cool cosmetic or, like, like it is a time saver for, like, like if a multiplayer game has like lots of levels, like I might buy like a two XP boost if it's like reasonably priced. If if I feel like the value is there, right? Like for Assassin's Creed, I got that game for twenty dollars, and it's regularly on sale. To mm-hmm. me, it's like I should have paid more for this game for the amount of hours I put in. So I would feel more compelled to buy a cosmetic if I really liked one, or uh, buy some microtransaction. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to support them, I ended up just getting the DLC. But um, if I had gotten the game for $80, though, and they had like pumped it out every time I loaded up the game, hey, sale, 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 sale on our currency or whatever, then that's a problem. You know? Yeah, that would sting. Yeah. Um, so I like the way you phrased it, though. Like it, it's a monetization scheme buried with a game buried beneath or a game that just happens to have a monetization scheme. So, yeah. Um, like, yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead. Well, like developers have to eat like, well, absolutely. But, At, uh, there's, there's ways to do it for sure. And I wonder, for, yeah, I wonder if like, we're just at a point where they need to raise the price of games. Absolutely. The price of games hasn't risen in like since the PS2, something like that. If not, if anything, it's probably lowered. I think from N64 days. Um, and maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming there's like heavy market research that like, hey, people aren't going to pay more for this product. No. Um, and I mean, for us in Canada, it's actually $80 to buy a game because of the currency difference. And I, but I think like, I think we're at the point where they're just going to start charging more because it is so expensive, because development can last so long. I wonder no. if they'll see, uh, like, with the next generation, whether we'll see a jump. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I wonder how well, like, the deluxe editions do. Because that's something I don't I don't like. Um, like, to me, like... Aside from, like, I guess pre-order bonuses are okay in the sense of, like, oh, they give you a little cool theme or an avatar or, like, one little skin or whatever. But to me, like, deluxe editions, it's like, that's just stuff that should be in the game. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, like, or there's, like, ultimate editions. There's three different editions of the game. Um, yeah. Right? And it's just like, maybe just charge $100. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's uh, kind of that value proposition. It's, I, I'd be curious to see how deluxe editions sell. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever see that, but it'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they don't do like the online pass crap anymore. Do you remember that? That that was around for where, a couple of years. Or yeah, like the, you had if you bought it physically, you had to If you bought it second hands. Yeah, like, yeah. There'd be a one time passcode when you bought it new. And I get that they are trying to save themselves from second hand sales, but that didn't go last very long. Um so I mean but I think that's like that's a legitimate problem, right? I think absolutely there's a issue with like you know um f- 10 million people have played this game but only 7 million bought the game, right? Um that's mm-hmm. that's that's big. And I, I think that's why well obviously they're not making enough money off the sale of the game to cover either cover their costs or hit their hit their targets, right? And so they're adding in the microtransactions. Well, you think, um, I don't know if I ever sent you the link to like the cost breakdown for putting a game on the shelf, mm. but like the platform holder takes 30% off the oh, top. Yeah, you did send me that. That's um, nuts. And then the realtor takes another like 20% and then there's licensing fees and all that. And you end up with like an $80 game, you get $20 of profit. I know that is that is pretty nuts the the percentages there and like and I think in in gaming right now or at least the past couple of years the big thing has been like massive sales and I think that's obviously for us a holdover from Steam right um of like say like you need to sale every month or sale every week I think PlayStation yes. has had a sale each week this entire year probably yeah but it works. It could, I look every week. I'm like, what's the sale this week? And what can I buy? Right? Yeah. Um, but that even further cuts cuts back on their profits. So, um, Yeah. it's um, And then you've got the, the race to the bottom that happened with mobile games um, where like 99 cents is now expensive. Hmm. Um, which kind of recovered a bit, I think, with microtransactions. But even uh, the Switch has a section for like highest sale mm-hmm. or a biggest deal, and so there's a lot of like people dropping their games to ninety nine cents or like ridiculous five cents or something like that. Right. I know a friend of mine that picks up every time there's a game for like a tiny amount of money, he'll pick it up um, because it's it's worth it to him to pick it up. Um, even though it's, it might not be worth much at all. Um, and I, and I think like, I like, I don't mind doing that either. Like, I don't mind going like, Hey, here's a $4 indie game. That's got an easy platinum. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's like, uh, like there's a series of game, by this guy like he just releases like crossword and sudoku type games okay and they're like nine bucks or whatever but they're like they're solid sudoku games there's you know you play these mission or these levels to get platinums they're very popular like uh, on the trophy website i use okay and i don't mind paying for those games because they're reasonably priced there's a lot of content there and like i like sudoku yeah right so it's found its niche yeah it's exactly It, it sells a thousand copies you know, two weeks later, they launched, they put out a new game. Uh, and then there's games like Orc Slayer, which I've mentioned on the podcast before, that's like utter trash. Uh, not fun at all, but it's two ninety nine. So I'm going to take the risk and mm-hmm. like give that guy a little bit of money. Um, <clears throat> so I don't mind doing that either, uh, especially on the Switch where like you have coins that you get um, in the yeah. st- in the shop, it's basically almost like a free game if it's cheap enough. Um, it's cash back, kind of. Which, by the way, that that's like something the Switch does that um, is huge, I think. Um, and I wish PlayStation would get on with that, but um, I like being rewarded for buying digital. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty neat. 
So, because it's like, oh, well, I save three bucks on my next purchase or whatever, right? Um, it keeps me, it makes me think, hmm, maybe I'll buy that. Well, except for my small, like I don't have a lot of um, storage space. It makes me mm-hmm. think, hmm, maybe I should buy that game digital instead of physical. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a big tangent, wasn't it? I mean, this is that's what this episode is going to be, I figured. It's true. And if we'll bring it back to Blades for a minute. Okay. Uh, part of my issue with, with mobile games, and this one, I think it's a good example, is that they put a whole bunch of different f- like modes or features in, and either it's like super complicated to explain, or they don't explain it at all. And I feel as though like Blades went with don't explain it. Because so there's like there's a PvP mode, there yep. is a uh, roguelike um, play to die mode called the Abyss. Um, then there's like missions, and then there's jobs, which are which are like, I guess just random like dailies. generated dailies. Um, <clears throat> and then like missions you get from NPCs, but very quickly you are out leveled by the missions, and you need to do all the jobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's like um, like a, a dungeon within the game underneath the town that you build up um, that you can continue to search. Then there's like the town, re- rebuilding the town aspect of like, you know, build build the resources, upgrade the town's level to get new buildings. Yeah, um, and there's all of the all the materials you have to get. Um, like... When you when you go through a dungeon, it's not just about killing enemies. You also have to look for. You have to click on all the pots and mm-hmm. jars and pick up stuff and look for secrets. Yeah, and I played like I played around at the abyss, which is like the never-ending okay. dungeon, and that uh, that's that's pretty neat. It would be it, it kind of felt like Persona three ish to me. I'm like, I wish there was a way to like save my progress or like hey you clear 10 floors now when you come back to the abyss you're at the 10th floor can't you, you do that though uh, i don't know i only played it once okay i, I only made it to I, the 10th floor. <laughs> I played it once and then looked at the menu and i think you can actually like start from a lower floor that's cool i'm gonna load it up double check that because i think that's that's a cool idea because the first like the first eight floors are like a joke and then it's like oh i got my butt whooped on floor 11 or yeah whatever <clears throat> Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of systems. I played a game uh, called Honkai Impact Third. Um, <laughs> weirdly, now that I'm thinking about it, I've played a lot of games based on ads on YouTube, Ooh. which is not what I expected from me. But it works, um, though, right? It gets in your head. Occasionally, except for Raid Shadow Legends. I've thought about it. I like their advertisements. I think they're. I think they've got a good advertising campaign. <laughs> it, if only because I know it, and I love their ads because they're five seconds long and unskippable, which means that I only have to watch one of them. Um, which, but um, yeah, like Honkai Impact Third. I remember really enjoying the gameplay, but there are a million systems Mm. to keep track of because you've got individual units that have multiple skills and you level up each skill individually and they have a level as well and you have a level and there's a base building mechanic and there's like a story mode and another story mode. I just remember like eventually getting to the point where I'm like, I'm no longer playing the game. I'm just pressing buttons. Mm. And I stopped playing. Because um, I realized that that was taking a lot of my time. It's it's interesting because like too many systems or like gameplay mechanics is why I don't like... <clears throat> I don't like things like MMO. MMOs. Like WoW mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like they, I feel like there's just so much information to onboard to my brain um that i just i don't like it 
Sorry, now I'm in the game and I'm trying to find where my weapon went because I upgraded it because I need my weapon to get into the abyss. Okay. Sorry, and now I'm just distracting myself. Okay. Um, but, um, what the heck? Um, I feel like it's a fine line for me between like the game slowly breaking out all the systems over the course of like six hours a mm -hmm. la like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which for me when I was first playing was kind of frustrating because I felt like a never ending tutorial. But as soon as I had like all the options, it was like, oh, this is really neat. Um, con contrast that with something like Blades where it just kind of throws everything at you at the start. Um, yeah. Or even like, uh, I can remember Persona 5. Um, like 20 hours into the game and it's still teaching you new mechanics. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Have you been able to check? Like I can, I can tell you, like it, it lets you start from a lower level. Yeah, sure. That's fine. I'm just trying to find my, my ax now that I upgraded. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking to a guy called Wanum. Wanum? Wanum. He's a Argoni, Argonian. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, once you've done that, I've got another question for you. Sure. Hit me. Okay. So I, the, um, did you get a chance to play Arknights? Uh, yes, I did. I downloaded it. Uh, and I played the first few missions. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I, I will continue to play though, because I like tower defense games, which is what it is. Yeah. Um so I was feeling a little frustrated with Blades and I was watching YouTube and I saw an ad for it and it looked cool. So <laughs> so I um I picked it up and I feel like it strikes just the right balance for me of like systems, like complex systems, but like engaging in like easy to understand combat. Mm-hmm. And um, it is really not in your face at all about the monetization. It's actually really quite generous. Um, and I've been, I've played like 15, 20 hours of it. Whoa, Graham. Yeah. Like, Whoa. I've played it probably more than I should, theoretically. <laughs> um, but it, like, it's a lot of fun. And um, I've been really, I've been enjoying it. Um, I've I haven't really been playing many of the podcast games. If <laughs> um, so, maybe I need to take a little break. Oh, but no. Um, no, I I honestly feel like it, it almost never asks. I can't remember it ever asking for me to buy stuff. It says, hey this is stuff that you could buy if you want to. And it's kind of cool, but like you don't have to. Right. And, um, it's, it's a gotcha game. Do you know what that means? Uh, I had to look it up when you told me about it originally. It's like, uh, why don't you explain it? Okay. It's, it's kind of based on the idea that Gachapon from Japan, but, um, do you remember those like toy machines that used to be at like supermarkets when you were young and you would, put a coin in and a little capsule um, and out. a little capsule pops out and there's something in it. That's yeah. the kind of idea. Right. Um, and the items inside the capsules are different characters that you can use in what, like, like playable characters in the tower defense, so like units you can put down. Mm -hmm. um, and so what a lot of those games do is they like, there's a, a rarity of like three to like this game uses two to six stars in terms of its rarity. And typically if you've got a higher rarity character, you win, especially if it's like a PVP aspect. And if you don't, then you are in like dire straits. But this game actually makes lower rarity characters really useful. Hmm. Um, because, um, I'm, I'm kind of gushing about this, but it, um, it's honestly kind of groundbreaking for me. Um, it, when you deploy a unit 
into battle, like it's a tower defense game, they have a, a cost associated with it, a certain amount of points you need in order to field the unit. And a higher rarity unit will cost more points than a lower rarity unit, mm-hmm. but it'll be stronger. Um, so lower rarity units are more important earlier on in the game or like in a round. Right. And then you kind of build up to your higher units, but you could still succeed with lower rarity units. In fact, like they're more useful in certain circumstances than the higher rarity units. Right. And I don't know. I just, it makes it feel like a game and not something that's trying to just get your money. I can definitely see that for sure. I can tell by the way you're just gushing about it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like, it's funny though, cause it's got, it does have like, you have to manage some of your skills. Like you can upgrade your characters and you have a primary currency and a premium currency. And there's a base building mechanic later on, but it never feels overwhelming. And I, I think, and also like the gameplay is fun. Like it's actually just fun. So, um, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I like it because they asked me to name my character and I went, yeah. with, I went with Ferganator. Okay. And now they call <laughs> me Dr. Ferganator. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like that. It's pretty good. <laughs> okay. I'll have to add you as a friend later. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah I, I like tower defense games. Um, so I, when I realized that's what it was, I was like, okay. And then, um, like, it's got it's got a plot. Mm-hmm. And a so. pretty decent one of that. Okay, good to know. Like, like for a mobile game, it's it's good. But, yeah. like, I'm coming off of, like, Honkai Impact 3rd, which was weird and poorly translated. Um, like, this is a very well-done translation and an actually fairly grounded, interesting story. Um, sorry, yeah. Um, no, that's fine. Yeah, it's um, it's not what I expect from a mobile game. I'm like, okay, this mobile game, like the the story is to get you through till the end game, and then you just grind. But I'm still not finished the story, hmm. in part because I've been grinding because it's fun. But um, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's it, that's it, my. It, it gives me a little bit of like a Fire Emblem feel with just like the characters and. They all have like little unique personalities and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm definitely intrigued to to play more. Um, I think, I mean, I've played it for like an hour, maybe two. And I play Blades for like 10 hours. And I think like this, there's more story in that two hour play session than like the 10 hours of Blades. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I could summarize them in the same amount of words. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is not a paid advertisement for Arknights, but I think no. I would recommend it over Blades. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, overall, like, I, I don't dislike Blades. It's just like, I'm done with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing, there's nothing pulling me back in. No, I... Yeah, like I had a moment where I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Like it it wanted me to either use or scroll to revive my character or pay. And I'm like, you know, no, I'm just going to quit. I think I might have been out of scrolls at that point anyways. And it was like, yeah, no. I did look into it. You can uh, start at a deeper floor in the abyss. Okay. So, that's a Velvet Room review confirmed fact. That that is confirmed. <laughs> it's been double checked. It's been. Yeah, our sources confirm it. So. Yeah. Verified. Mm-hmm. So, um, any final thoughts, Graham? Um, well, let me take a look. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that we were able to chat about this because I don't think we've really talked much about mobile games uh at all really because aside from pokemon go that we both played a bit one summer well i played a bit of and you might have played more but um 
yeah, no, it's um, it's weird. It's it's interesting to. It was neat for me to play, like these two games. I know we only planned for the one, but and to feel the difference and to to kind of remember my mobile gaming past and to see how there's been a bit of a progression. It's um, yeah, it's like. It's weird to me because mobile gaming is just a market that is not for me. And like I play so many games. I play a lot and I play trash and I play amazing games. But for some reason, just like mobile games, I just like, I don't know. They don't, yeah. They're not for me. And I, I, I watched a really good video from Aaron Signal about like what constitutes a game. Okay. And, like, he talked a bit about, like, people saying, well, Candy Crush or whatever, Farmville, that's not a game, even though it is a game. And so I don't want to be one of those people to be like, you know, they're not real games. It's just like, it's just not, it's not, I'm not the target audience, right? For most mobile games. Um, like, my mom is a, is the target audience for a lot of mobile games. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I have played Candy Crush and it's a pretty good game. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of things are like, like Mario run or, uh, the Mario Kart mobile game, right? Things are all, like I'll download it, play 15 minutes, like just not into it. Yeah, no, definitely. But then you've got, you've got gems like Magic Carp. uh, is it Magic Carp Jump? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that game. That was... Oh, it, it plateaued really quick, but it, it was does, fun yeah. while it lasted. Yeah. And, but then again, like for me, Pokemon Go is so, has been so impactful. It's just like, I remember like the week Pokemon Go came out, like I went to my local park <laughs> and like I, I bumped into people like, oh, you're playing Pokemon Go. I'm like, yeah. And like, there's been nothing like that ever uh, since uh, that's come out where it's like, it revolutionized, um, I think, like how people play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and still, like, when my wife and I out for walks, we're like, okay, who's playing Pokemon Go right now? Like two, three weeks ago, we were out for a walk in like the dead of winter. Okay. And there was a raid battle happening. And we joined the raid and the two other people joined the raid. We're like, oh, where are these people? And they were sitting in a, in a van heated and warm <laughs> and we're just sitting there with my kids <laughs> and we're like <laughs> trying to beat this boss and it was like this little we waved at them and there was this little connection i mean they were team uh, valor so they were degenerates but uh, it was this little connection that we had that again i don't think i would ever have in any other game that i could think of in regards to like a real world you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh so i just um I really love Pokemon Go. I think it's a really, really neat thing. But mm. <sighs> that's my tangent. Yeah. This this episode is like everything's related, so so nothing <laughs> is tangent. Ah yes. Um, how would you rate Blades, Elder Scroll Blades? That's gotta be a fox for me. Ooh. Um, okay. Yeah, I would. I I know like we've talked about it a lot, but I I just I wouldn't recommend it. Um, yeah. That's How fair. about for you? Um, oh man, I don't know. I don't want to give it a fox. No. But I don't want to give it any of the other ones either. We need like an in between. <laughs> it's like a. Well, it's like a king moron. <laughs> we might have used that before. <laughs> we might have. It's like it's it's a little frustrating, but it's there for a reason. <laughs> yeah, he's that obnoxious character that drives the plot forward. Yeah, and one thing I meant to mention, but we haven't mentioned, in the first month of this game's early access release, it made one and a half million dollars. <laughs> okay. So I mean, like, I think that's an important thing to note as well like even though we don't like it a lot it's i would say it's probably been a success for bethesda yeah depending on their budget like exactly 
Yeah. Exactly. And the game hasn't officially released yet, right? Um, I mean, I, I guess it has, depending on your perception of how that works. But, um, I mean, in the first month to make a million and a half, that, that's like $25,000 or 25,000 copies of a game sold at $60 a pop. Was it was it a million copies or was it like a million downloads or a million? Uh... No, one point five in revenue. Okay. Um, where is it here? Uh, within the first month of early access release, the game had generated revenue exceeding one point five million on the iOS platform alone. Wow. Okay. With players spending close to fifty thousand dollars per day. Hmm. Uh. Within one week, it had exceeded one million downloads and revenue five hundred thousand. Yeah. In the first week, so I mean, I couldn't find any more up-to-date figures. I was looking around, but uh, I mean, twenty-five thousand copies is not a lot if you think sixty-dollar game. But I think that one point five million for a month's work is or a month's release is not too bad. Um, yeah. I don't. It's hard think... to. It's hard to gauge because it. I don't know what their budget was like, but yeah, I, I mean, that's very true. Um, I mean, it would have been a couple million at least probably. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, if it continues to release and, um, they continue to gain microtransaction sales, which they will, um, I think it's more of like a long, the long play, if you will. But, um, Yeah. Uh, I mean, and clearly, then, um, clearly, people like the game if they're pay, if they're spending that much money, right? So, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll just see if it's sustainable. But um, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna criticize them for no for making money. No, and I wonder if like I know for a lot of console games, it's like they know. Well, this is what I've always heard. I'm not sure how true this is. Is that like? 90% of players aren't going to bother with the microtransactions. What they're looking for are the 2 to 3% of players who are going to spend thousands on... I think that's more mobile. Really? Mobile, like, because the whales is the term. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I'm not sure of the microtransaction conversion rate for consoles. I think it's higher than we think it is. Hmm. Because... You think Fortnite, but um, I'm pretty sure that the microtransaction conversion cost is actually higher than most people think it is. Hmm. Um, but I don't have any evidence to support that. Yeah. I just always heard that it's like they're just looking for the small section of players that's going to spend a lot of money. So, hmm. and games like, for again, game a for game like Fortnite is free to play. And I actually kind of like the the battle pass system. Mm -hmm. uh, within reason, I, how much is the battle pass? I bought it once or twice. I have no idea. But if it's like, I think it was something like fifteen dollars. Yeah, like fifty dollars, right? Yeah, and a season is two months, maybe eight weeks. Eight That's pretty reasonable. Eight to twelve weeks, and then and then like, you still get rewards if you don't buy the battle pass, but you get more rewards if you do. Right, and it's like it gives you incentive to play more. Um, I liked it when I was playing Fortnite pretty regularly, you know, and then it lapsed and I didn't, I don't play anymore. But you know, free game, I probably pay, played 30, 40 hours of it, and I paid fifteen dollars. Yeah, I don't mind. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Anyways, I think we should end the tangent. Well, I think, yeah. Like, I, I, if I, I was if I was to give a rating to Ark Knight, it would be somewhere between like a Nanako and a Yukiko right now. Wow. Okay. Um, I really like. I've really quite enjoyed it. We'll see about yeah. its staying power. Cool. Which is why I'm hovering between the two of them because, like, a Yukiko lasts, right? <laughs> Yukiko is forever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, but somewhere in there, so like, the high allocates for me. I'd we'll recommend to, it. We'll have to follow up to see if you're still enjoying it. Uh, yeah, well, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 come back. We'll have our Arc Knight section of the podcast every <laughs> as however long I play it, I guess. <laughs> I I was not expecting this episode to go more than thirty minutes and we're at we're over an hour now. So 
I'm I'm quite happy. Like this, I've quite enjoyed this conversation. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's again, it's something we've never really talked about before. Yeah, and it's not an area I'm overly familiar with. I'm just yeah. So I've enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Well, until next time, thank you everyone so much for listening. Uh, if you liked the episode, please tell your friends. Uh, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up the Velvet Room Review. We'll be there. Um, we're Make sure at- to give us a rating on iTunes or wherever yes. you get your podcasts. Yes, uh, that's great. Um, yeah, uh, we are on Spotify and all your podcast providers, so please subscribe as well. So you get notifications uh, when we release an episode. Uh, we put out episodes every two weeks. Yes. So uh, keep your ears ready. We love suggestions as well for games to play, uh, so please send those along, and uh, we will catch you next time. Yep, see ya. Good night.